Mark chapter number 8. I know uh, it is very true that this time of year we are um, likely spending time with family, going out of town, uh, and all that sort of a thing. I, I fully understand how that works in the sense that uh, if you're slipping away, uh, it, you know, we, we, um, uh, that time with family is, is completely necessary. And uh, we, we know that um, this time of year is not necessarily you skipping out, uh, but sometimes things just come up or uh, people come in and that sort of thing. As you would be, have opportunity, I would encourage you to bring your family along. Come be a part of our uh, special services, our Christmas Eve service and, and our Christmas program coming up. Invite some of your neighbors out, some of your coworkers, your friends. Let them know we've got some special Christmas things going on. And uh, it's this time of year that uh, if people are home and they're in, in the area, uh, they're a lot more likely even to come to church. And uh, so give invitation as you have opportunity and uh, let God use you to be a missionary in somebody's life. Uh, Mark chapter 8 and verse number 11 we'll be looking at tonight. Mark 8 and verse number 11. The word of God says, and the Pharisees came forth and began to question with him, seeking of him a sign from heaven, tempting him. And he sighed deeply in his spirit and saith, why doth this generation seek after a sign? Verily I say unto you, there shall no sign be given unto this generation. I've entitled this message this evening, looking for a sign, looking for a sign. Here we see the Pharisees begin to question God after he has just given to them a very, uh, yet another miraculous miracle. It is at this point in time that we see the 4,000 fed with the loaves and the fishes. Remember, this is only but yet the second uh, event of this happening uh, where he previously fed 5,000 with very similar um, and very similar results. We see the same thing happen here at the beginning of Mark chapter 8. And yet after this very fact, we see the Pharisees asking and and asking him this question, uh, would you give to us a sign? Would you show us and prove that you are truly God? Would you show us and prove that you are truly God instrumentally working in life as we know it? And Jesus' response, I want you to picture this in your mind. The Bible says he sighed deeply. I don't know how your sigh would sound or how you would picture it, but I would think of it of a sense of not that Jesus is being sarcastic, but really that he's uh, quite... Um, uh, maybe use the word annoyed at the fact that in everything that uh, he has done and everything that these people have seen, yet they're still seeking out more. And he asks them this question, why does this generation seek after a sign? You see, the Pharisees, they only wanted the miracles, but the truth of the matter is they didn't want the Lord. They only wanted to see the sign, but they didn't want God himself. And yet it was the only reason in which them asking of this question was to tear Jesus apart. Let me tell you, Christian, don't expect a miracle if you're not first looking to God himself. Christians, we can never expect God for God to do something miraculous here at Community Bible Church if we are not first keeping our eyes upon God. Somebody says, well, wait a second. Isn't this how you do something and then the end result will be this way? Well, God says the proper way to do anything is to look to me first, and then I'll bring the blessing, then I'll bring the miracle. Jesus says, 
Why are we always looking for the miracle before we're looking to God? Why is it we're always looking for something miraculous to happen, uh, something stupendous to happen, in many cases through our own ability, without first just simply looking to Christ? You see, see, this was the Pharisees' problem, and yet, as we'll look tonight, it wasn't just the Pharisees, it began to be the disciples, yet the same. Notice what we can learn about the miracles of God. Number one, the Bible tells us that God gives a warning concerning his miracles. He gives a warning concerning his miracles. Notice verse uh, number 15. The Bible says, and he, that being Jesus, charged them, saying, Take heed, beware of the leaven of the Pharisees and of the leaven of Herod. God gives a warning uh, to the disciples after this very incident has just happened and describing the very attitude and the character of the Pharisees as that of leaven. Uh, It is the the little bit of leaven that leavens the whole lump. Amen. It is that leaven which is described in the word of God as that being which is not necessary for the Christian life. There is a significance in why we would take of communion and it would be with an unleavened bread because the picture is that of Christ who was without sin. It is the leaven in the word of God that is pictured in more than one case as to be that of sin. And so uh, as Jesus is being questioned by the Pharisees concerning this sign which they desire to have, this miracle, this further miracle which they desire to have within their life, Jesus now turns to his disciples and tells them, beware of the leaven of the Pharisees. Beware that you would allow the very attitude of the Pharisees to be your attitude. Beware that the response of the Pharisees would not be the same response That you would have. Notice what the Bible tells us about the leaven of the Pharisees in Matthew chapter 16. If you want to keep your finger here in Mark chapter 8, turn with me to Matthew chapter 16. Are you looking for a miracle from God or are you simply looking to God? You see, it was the leaven of the Pharisees and their lack of ability to look to God first. They were trusting in many ways in their own ability. They were trusting in many ways in their own uh, 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 reputation rather than God himself. Matthew 16 and verse number four, the Bible says, A wicked and adulterous generation seeketh after a sign, and there shall no sign be given unto it but the sign of the prophet Jonas. And he left them. And departed. This is the parallel passage of Mark chapter 8, is Matthew chapter 16. We see from Matthew the writer, his aspect, and having been in this incident, and Jesus speaking to him, his response to all of this, and uh, he brings out that which Mark did not, and Jesus says, the only sign that you're ever going to receive if you keep looking for the miracle before God himself The only sign which you're going to receive is the sign of the prophet Jonas, or we would know Jonas to be Jonah. What was the sign of the prophet Jonah? Well, remember, it was destruction to Nineveh. It was destruction to the people with a refusal to turn their hearts and look to God. God says, you want to see a miracle? Look to me first. God says, you want, you want uh, for me to do a, bring a blessing in your life, in your church, in your family, in some way that you are, that you are desiring? Look to me first. Don't desire the miracle. Don't desire the miracle before you desire God. Because it is God who brings the miracle. Amen? The Bible tells us in Luke chapter 12 and verse number 1, Beware of the leaven of the Pharisees, listen to this, which is hypocrisy. 
You see, the Pharisees had earned a reputation among uh, those who, uh, who could read right through their um, uh, two-faced lifestyle. They earned a reputation of hypocrisy. The Bible tells us they were ones that were always wearing the phylacteries, those little boxes that even today often are tied multiple ones around their arms and in some cases around their head and inside of those boxes holding scripture. And they would hold those and uh, just show them off to others as though there's something spiritual. Hypocrisy. You see, God was helping them to understand, helping the disciples to understand that if you allow yourself to have the attitude as that of the Pharisees, You'll allow yourself to have a hypocritical life. You say, oh, well, this is how the miracle happens without looking to God. Oh, why can't we see the miracle happen in this way without looking to Christ first? God will only bring the blessing and the miracle when we first look to him. So we see the love of the Pharisees in Mark chapter 8. He gives yet another warning. The Bible says, beware of the leaven of the Pharisees, Mark 8 verse 15. And of the leaven of Herod. We know of the Herodians. They promoted anything that had to do with Herod himself. It was a materialistic, a worldly mindset. And so we understand the message which Jesus was giving to the disciples is yet the same message which is given to us in the sense of understanding, are we looking for something that we can see that is a miracle? Or are we simply content with God himself? Sometimes the miracles or the blessings which we desire or the results, may I say, don't always happen at the time which we want them to happen. And Jesus says, the end result is, are you looking to me first? Are you looking to me first? God gives a warning concerning the miracles. He says, I will bless. I will use people to bring the blessing. I will use things to bring the blessing. But those, that, and those people and those things will not be used until you first look to me. Don't look for a sign, Christian. Someone may look at Community Bible Church and say, well, why isn't this happening? Well, why don't we do this? Why isn't this done that way? Christian, I would warn you as God warned the disciples, don't look for the miracle before you look to God. Look to God first, amen? The Bible gives us yet the second thing in Mark chapter 8, the person of God within the miracles. We see God's warning concerning the miracles, but number two, the person of God within miracles. In verse 4, the Bible says, And then his disciples answered him, Whence can a man satisfy these men with bread here in the wilderness? i read that verse again. Notice this is before God has fed the 4,000. Notice the wording of the disciples. The Bible says, the disciples answered him, from whence can a man satisfy? Hey, here we're already in Mark chapter 8, nearly halfway through this, this book of the Bible, and, and just giving us some context of the time that has passed, the many miracles which have already happened, and yet the disciples are asking the question, what man can really actually satisfy as I mentioned earlier, God's already fed the 5,000. God's already turned the water into wine. God's already done these other great miracles, and yet they still are looking for the miracle before they're looking to God. Amen? The Bible tells us the person of God within the miracles. You see, God's whole, and, and I'm getting a bit ahead of myself, but God's whole purpose 
in his miracles is that we would see his person. Amen. Look at verse 14 of Mark chapter eight. The Bible says, now the disciples had forgotten to take bread. Neither had they in the ship with them more than one loaf. This is speaking of the bread, which they had leftovers of. Not one loaf did they take, yet in all the fragments that remained of the, the many uh, results of, uh, uh, of the loaves and the fishes, they took nothing with them. And notice as the Bible continues in verse 15, and he, that being Jesus, charged them saying, take heed, beware of the leaven. As we've said a moment ago, he warns them of the leaven of the Pharisees and of the Sadducees. And notice verse 16, and they reasoned among themselves saying, it is because we have no bread. That's the reason why Jesus is saying this. Verse 17, then Jesus knew it. And he saith unto them, why reason ye? Because ye have no bread. Perceive ye not yet, neither understand. Have ye your heart yet hardened? I, I don't know about you, but I sense a very subtle tone of, of even frustration. It's not that Jesus is now becoming fleshly. That's not the point. This is a righteous anger, but he, he's asking them very straightforward how are you not getting it? How is it you're missing the point? Why is it that you're doing the very same thing that the Pharisees and the Herodians are doing and you're looking for the miracle before you're looking to me? God says you're missing the whole point. That word reasoned, if you look at the original Greek of that word, it actually means to dispute. So once you understand the disciples are literally disputing and or arguing with one another, as to who Jesus's warning was being directed towards. Is it you? Is it you? Did you do it? Oh, God was speaking to you. Oh, it must be because we didn't bring bread. There's a reasoning amongst one another. There's a disputing that's now happened. They began to argue as to who the fault was. The Bible tells us that God, and may I remind you, being the bread of life, sustains us with all that we need. And as we can learn from the fault of the disciples in this passage, we must see him within the miracles. We must see him within the miracles. You see, here they're thinking about the loaves. And God says, I'm not talking about the miracle. He says, I'm talking about myself. He says, I'm not talking about you not having a, a, uh, the, the, the physical bread. I'm speaking as that of which the spiritual bread I myself have to give to you. You see, that's the very purpose, Jesus says. How is it that you don't understand? How is it you can't comprehend? Why is it that this generation seeks after a sign? Why is it we're looking for something more miraculous? Why is it we're looking for something that's showing clear evidence right away, the here and now, uh, the, the seeing before simply having faith in that which we cannot see? They say, Christian, if we're not careful, we can have the, the very same, and we can fall into the very same trap of the disciples having the leaven of the Pharisees and yet also the, uh, the, uh, the leaven of Herod. And we can look at the ministry of Community Bible Church. We can look at our families and we can expect, in some cases, demand. We can wish for God to bring a miracle before we're even looking to him. Hey, God's not going to bring the blessing until we look to him first. Amen? The Bible tells us, the person of God within the miracles. Notice their failure to comprehend. Their failure to comprehend. The Bible says in verse 17, as Jesus is talking with them, perceive ye not yet, neither understand. You see, they saw the miracle, but they didn't comprehend that it was God 
who is behind the miracle. They've completely forgotten about the God behind it because their very same question to God from the very beginning was, what man could possibly provide? Well, this was not Jesus. Yes, 100% man, but he was not just man. He was also God. Amen? Their failure to comprehend. Many Christians only see the results. Catch this. Many Christians only see the results of God's word because they fail to see God in the work from the beginning. I'll say that again. Many Christians only see the results of God's work because they fail to see God in the work from the beginning. Uh, I'll give you an example. If we, um, let's say we, we raised a, a special offering for something and uh, here comes pastor, maybe even one of the deacons and, and we say, hey, we're, we're going to raise some money and we're going to trust the Lord in these things. Uh, kind of like we just did for our electrical fund. We, we raised some money and we, we, we said, hey, these are, this is what we're going to do. This is what we're going to push towards. And we saw people give. We saw the Lord bless. We saw the Lord bring a miracle in that. We raised $20,000, I believe it was, in three weeks. What a wonderful thing, amen? But may I say it's very possible that for some, they were looking for the miracle before they were simply looking to God. And yet now seeing the result of the miracle, here's the question. Does that bring us to God? Does that bring our eyes upon God? You see, we have to trust that God will bring the miracle. It's faith. Why does this generation look for a sign? Stop looking for that which you can see. God says you're not always going to see the miracle. Just trust me. Just look to me. Why is it that you perceive, but you cannot understand? You're not comprehending, Jesus says. You're not getting the point. The point is that you would see me in the miracle, not the miracle itself. Jesus didn't go around doing miracles in, on this earth just so everyone could know who he is. And just so everyone could say, wow, there's a God somewhere in this world, somewhere in this universe, and he's doing something miraculous. No, the whole intent was that they would see the very person of God. Amen? There was a failure to comprehend. Number two, notice their failure to humble themselves. Their failure to humble themselves. He says, perceive ye not, verse 17, neither understand. Have ye your heart yet hardened? You see, it was their hardened heart which kept them from seeing the very person of God within his miracles. Matthew 14 and verse 24, the Bible tells us that uh, as the disciples uh, were, were in the boat, the, the, this boat was being tossed with waves. Why? Because they didn't see God before they saw the miracle. They were expecting a miracle before they looked to the Lord. Matthew 14, verse 52, the Bible says, and they considered, why don't you turn there with me? I want you to look at that passage. Sometimes I can reference, but uh, it really helps for us to be able to have our eyes upon the passage. Matthew 14, just give you further context. Verse 24, as I just uh, referenced a moment ago. Matthew 14 and uh, verse number 24. The Bible says, But the ship was now in the midst of the sea, tossed with the waves. For the wind was contrary. In the fourth watch of the night, Jesus went unto, the, unto them, walking on the sea. When the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were troubled, saying, It is a spirit. And they cried out for fear. And straightway Jesus spoke unto them, saying, Be of good cheer. It is I. Be not afraid. 
And then we see Peter, this moment of him walking on water, God bringing this miraculous thing. Um, look down, and I think I'm, I've got my wrong passage here, to be honest with you. Um, the Bible tells us in, uh, maybe it's, give me just a moment here, forgive me. I'm, I've lost myself in the midst of my notes. Mark chapter, it may have been... Well, nonetheless, I have lost the passage, and that is my fault. But uh, the, the, the Bible tells us uh, that the, there is yet another instance where the disciples had considered not the miracle which God had done. I mean, I say, uh, as Christians, the reason why, the reason why we can be looking for the miracle before we see God himself could very well be, catch this, could very well be because we've hardened our heart. This is what Jesus is saying. Have ye your heart hardened? Are your hearts really so calloused and hard that you're unwilling to trust me by faith? That you're unwilling to see me within the miracles? That you're unwilling to, uh, to humble yourself? Notice thirdly, we're back in Mark chapter 8. Their failure to sense. Their failure to sense. He says at the end of the verse, having eyes see ye not, and having ears hear ye not. Those, uh, those five senses, we know, the eye gate, the ear gate, the mouth gate, all these things, that, the, uh, that sense of touch. He says, with all that I've given to you, how is it you still can't see it? How is it you still can't get a hold of this? They failed by their very senses to see the person of God. And when God does a work, when God does a work, let me tell you, you can sense. You can truly sense his working when he is doing work. Amen? But it's when we look for the miracle before looking to God that we fail to use our own senses. I know there are times, many times even in our singing together, and sometimes even, uh, I know there are times in the revival, you sit and, and you hear the preaching or you sing the songs, and, and it's like goosebumps almost come up on the back of your neck and on your arm, and, and you just, you can feel the very presence of God. You can sense his working. This is what Jesus is asking, asking the disciples, and all that you've been through with me, do you not sense anything? Do you, do you not sense that I, I am that that I am God myself. I, I truly don't believe. Even up until at the very time of the crucifixion, the disciples had still yet fully comprehended that Jesus was God. You remember, it was they who forsook the Lord. It was Peter who still yet followed afar off, and and yet we see uh, a, a a lack of desire to look to God first and trust in that which cannot be seen before simply looking for an outright miracle. You see, what they wanted for God to do, as with the Pharisees, they wanted God to make it so crystal clear to lift himself up so high that they say, wow, look, it's God. Now, sometimes God, as I mentioned this a moment ago, God doesn't always bring the miracle when we want it to be brought. Sometimes God holds back from bringing the miracle. Why? Because maybe there's some hardened hearts. Maybe there's some who haven't allowed their very senses to sense the working of God. Maybe there are some who have failed to simply comprehend. 
me tell you, God can never bring the blessing and the miracle to our church, among our people, in our ministries, which we do, if we don't first look to God. Amen. Notice the fourth thing, their failure to remember. Verse 18, and do ye not remember? Jesus is calling them back to remembrance to yet other instances. In this case, in Mark chapter 8, he had just done the miracle. In fact, it was the very loaves which were provided through his miraculous work in the very context of that which he's talking about. And, and yet they still had forgotten that it was God who had made that possible. Oh, Christian, never forget the blessings and the miracles that God has done in the past in your life. Amen? May that encourage you. Don't expect a miracle right here and now, one that you can see. But let the miracles and the proof of God in his working in the past encourage you to look to God all that much more and then see him bring a further blessing. Amen? Notice the last thing here tonight. We've looked at together the person of God within the miracles, the warning of God concerning these miracles. And number three, the purpose of God in performing miracles, the purpose of God. Look at verse 19, if you would, Mark chapter 8. When I break the five loaves among 5,000, how many baskets full of fragments took ye up? They said 12. And when seven among 4,000, how many baskets of fragments took ye up? And they said seven. And he said unto them, how is it that you do not understand? God says, I had a purpose in bringing those miracles. He says, wait a second, disciples, here's what you're doing. You're, you know the exact miracle. You can say there was seven. You can say there was 12. We know the exact results. I mean, we, we saw the miracle take place. And we said, wow, I can remember the exact detail of what happened. But when there's no miracle before our eyes, we say, oh, God, where's the sign? Oh, God, where are you at? Just because you don't see the blessing, just because you don't see the miracle, it doesn't mean God isn't working. Amen? We have seen the result of seeds planted from our door knocking. In fact, I believe we've got, we've, uh, I know, Autumn, we, we knocked on your door. We invited you all here, here out. The Lord is, that's, that's a blessing from God. That's our work. We've gone out and you said, hey, that's great. We're interested in your church. We want to come visit you all. That's a wonderful thing. That's a blessing from God. May I say it's very possible that as Christians, we can fail to see the blessings because of a hardened heart, because failure of our senses because of a lack to remember what God has done in the past and yet insisting upon seeing a sign. He says, why did this generation seek for a sign? May I remind you that the generation, he's not just speaking of the young people of that generation. He's saying the people that were alive in that time. God says, why is it that you, Christian, alive in this time period, you don't understand. My purpose is in the, in the miracles isn't so that you can just say, wow, look at what we did. Look at the, uh, let's put it in the context of community Bible checks. Look at, the, look at the Christian school which we had and, and think of the numbers of the people and think of the, the, the things that were done. And look at the bus ministry which we had. The miracles weren't just so we could lift ourselves up so we could say, wow, look at what we had. And then when, it's, then when God brings us through a transitional stage, we say, man, we don't have it anymore. God says, why are you looking for a sign? Just trust me. Just have faith in me. Just believe in that which you cannot see. That is faith. 
Faith is believing in that which is not seeable. The Bible says, if you're understanding the way that God works in his miracles, you're going to understand this. You understand that it's not about the end result miracle itself. It's about that others would see me, God says, that others would be drawn to me. It's that you would see me within the miracles. Think about the disciples. I mean, these are the men that have followed God everywhere, more than others. And yet they still failed to understand. It's very possible in a ministry, a community Bible church, a church that began in 1959 under two great men of God and being used by God over a number of years, that maybe we fail to see God's purpose behind it all. God's purpose in the end is simply that others would see him. Let's not insist upon a miracle. Let's not insist upon the numbers. Let's not insist upon the ministries. Let's not insist upon uh, the, what, what, what we think is best. Let's just look to God and trust him. I'll give you an example tonight. I, I, it, it, in, in this morning, we could have very easily said, you know what? Uh, what we, we don't have the, our regular pianist here. Let's just throw him the towel. Let's not even sing. Let's just go right in the message and then just go home. We, we can't just draw the end of the line and say, why even do? Where's the end result? Why isn't it here? Why don't I have it? No, just trust God and trust him all the way through and we'll get through it. Hey, if we have to sing five or six Christmas songs or more, uh, acapella, we'll sing them. Amen. Hey, the Christian life is that way. I'll just give you one example. Every part of your life, don't just run straight forward and look for the blessing. Don't just run straight forward and look for the miracle. Trust God. The Bible tells us his, pur- his purpose in leading. Look at verse 22. It's no coincidence that we see the miracle of the blind man right after all this takes place. We never really see an answer yet or even a result as to what happens of these questions that Jesus has just brought to the disciples. But verse 22 is perfect evidence of what God's purpose was behind the miracles. Number 20, verse 22, and he came to Bethsaida and they bring a blind man unto him and besought him to touch him. And he took the blind man by the hand and led him. You see, God's purpose, first of all, is to lead God's purpose in the miracles is not the miracle itself as much as it is to lead, to take us, to take others by the hand, to walk together with him, to walk together with Christ. What a wonderful relationship can be had when others understand the purpose in God bringing miracles. Notice the second thing in verse 25. The Bible says, and he looked up and said, I see men as trees walking after that, he put his hands against, uh, again upon his eyes and made him look up, and he was restored. The Bible tells us his, God's purpose behind the miracles is, first of all, to lead, but secondly, to bring restoration. To bring restoration. To restore the sinner. To restore the discouraged. To restore the faint-hearted. That's God's purpose in the miracles. Let's, let's not just remember the numbers as the disciples did. Let's not just remember the miracle itself, but let's remember God. Amen? Let's remember what God did. Let's remember how that we had faith and we believed and we trusted God. And because of our faith and believing and trusting him, God brought the miracle. 
And the miracle is, is in the mir- in the blessings that are brought is not so that we can uh, lift ourselves up and say, wow, look at what we did. But so that we can lift God up and say, wow, look at what he did. Look at what God has done. Let me ask you, Christian, are you looking for a sign? Are you looking for a sign before you're looking to God? Are you simply trusting God to bring the blessing even when you don't know the end result? I know, and I, I know from uh, within, down, within my own heart, from the moment God has led my wife and, and I here to Community Bible Church, there is great opportunity, great potential. And yet I know in the midst of that, I know that Community Bible Church is in a transitional stage. It's, it's without question. We're in transition. You just got a new pastor. You're trying to still figure out who I am. <laughs> you're still, I'm still trying to figure out who my child is. You're trying to figure out who I am, right? And you're, you're, you're trying to, we're, we're trying to learn to work together. We're, we're trying to see what's workable in the midst of COVID-19. Uh, we're trying to get used to the transition of what, what was and what is not. And, 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 and in the midst of all these things, Christian, don't, don't let that discourage you. Let's remain with faith in God. Let's believe in that which we cannot see. God doesn't always bring the miracle when we desire, but he will if we trust in him. Lord, I pray that we would apply these things to our lives. May we sense your very working in our life. May we remember what you have done in the past. Lord, we pray that we would humble ourselves before you so that we can then comprehend in our minds how that you work. I wonder if you'd be honest enough tonight to say, Pastor Miller, God has spoken to my heart. I've been looking to the miracle before I've been simply looking to God. That's a hard pill to swallow, a hard thing to admit. Your raise of hand is not doing anything to me. It's an admittance before God to say it's me, God. Remember when Nathan was confronted, or, or David was confronted by Nathan, Nathan said, thou art the man. A raising of a hand and invitation, you saying, God, I'm the man. I'm the guilty sinner. You've spoken to me. You're here tonight and say, Pastor Miller, I've been looking to the miracle before I've been looking to God. God has touched my heart. Pray for me that I would keep my eyes upon Christ. Anyone like that here tonight? Can I pray for you? You say, pray for me. God's spoken to my heart in that way. My hand's up. Amen. Amen. Hands across the room. You say, pray for me also, Pastor Miller. God's spoken to my heart. Amen. Amen. I'm going to say, Pastor Miller, I do remember you say, I remember what God has done. Pray for me. You say, Pastor Miller, pray for me that I would continue to have faith. And knowing what God has done in the past, pray for me that I would continue to have faith. You say, Pastor Miller, that's me. Pray for me in that way. Anyone like that here tonight? Pray for me. Amen. 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 Let's take our hymn books tonight. We'll turn to hymn number 41. Hymn number 41. Spirit of the living God, fall fresh on me. Spirit of the living God, fall fresh on me. Spirit of the living God, fall fresh on me. Spirit of the living God, fall fresh on me. Melt me, mold me, fill me, use me, Spirit of the living God. 
one more time. Spirit of the living God, fall fresh on me. Spirit of the living God, fall fresh on me. Melt me, mold me, fill me, use me, Spirit of the living God, fall fresh on me. Lord, I pray for the ones tonight you've spoken to. You, there's a realization of, uh, of seeking the miracle before you. May we, as your church, as your people, look to you. May you be first and foremost uh, in our lives. May our eyes be fully upon you in trust and faith, believing. Lord, I pray for the ones here tonight who are doing their best to live for you in remembering what God has done. May they continue in faith. Encourage them, I pray. Help them to, uh, to continue uh, to the best of their ability. Lord, I pray if there would be one or two or some here tonight that in a failure of being able to sense, to comprehend, maybe as a result of a hardened heart, I pray that you would soften our hearts. May we never come to the point where we believe that we have it all. May we never come to the point that we believe that we know best. But Lord, may we trust you to bring the blessing. May we trust you to bring the miracle. Lord, we ask for your hand of blessing upon Community Bible Church. We're trusting you for these days ahead. We don't know what lies in the midst of uh, this virus, in the midst of this new election, in the midst of, of all these things which we're facing. Help us to trust you. Help us to have faith in you. And may we uh, not uh, be uh, distracted or discouraged, but withstanding, even as we talked about this morning. Bless us now in our evening, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen.